one gig in Europe where I rented this Marshall and this thing was toast. <laughs> it was just dead. The head was dead. The speakers in the cabinet were blown up. It was just the worst sound ever, you know. And I played the gig, man, and I had it actually a pretty good night. Somehow I managed to to pull it out, to right. save the night, you yep. know. Like I had a great night, and I, I knew the tone sucked, but somehow I managed to, to make it work. And it, and it was, you know, just a miracle, actually. <laughs> I had this one gig in Italy, and the amps, there, the amp that was there, whatever, was not working. <coughs> It was dead, and there was no amp except for one of. The, remember those little baby practice amps they used to have <laughs> yeah. that are look. They're about six inches square, and they have like a volume knob, and that's it. Maybe yeah. a tone knob, but sure. you know, what I mean, the speakers maybe a car speaker. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you know, remember those little practice sure, amps? Yeah. You know, they're more like toys. They're not yeah. really practice amps. Yeah. And I had a drummer who he ran the tour, and he's just one of those Billy Cobham wannabes. Mm-hmm. And I've got this little piece of shit amp. Now, right. you'd think that if we were smart, he would just like play brushes and we'd put an amp on the thing and we'd just do the best we could. I'd right. kind of play, because I had an arch top, so right. I could be kind of acoustic and we could play this real like almost unplugged vibe mm -hmm. and really be cool. I mean, because it wasn't a big club. Right. But no, I no, mean. that would be way too easy. And so he had to, you know, in, in the in true Italian style, they ended up putting like a million, um, a million furniture blankets around a microphone that was in front of, like totally baffling off the amp. And then I had it turned to, because like it would distort if I played a chord past like two. Right. So it was like at one, <laughs> just barely on, and I would be playing. And then they had it, just cranked, <laughs> cranked through the PA, you know. So I have these monitors, and I had, wow. a, I had this, and they actually even gave me like they took one of the monitors and put it behind me like it was an amp, right? And they had this little thing in this like totally, you know, hidden environment, yeah. And they had just basically ran a million fucking volts through, it. <laughs> but it's like it's probably no louder than I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we had to play the gig that way. And how was yeah, it? It, it? We made it. Of yeah, course yeah. we made it. I mean, that my, you know, I'm going to do the best I can with whatever yeah, I yeah. got. But I mean, we had a perfect opportunity to just right? yeah. really do something cool. Do something And the musical. guy just couldn't give up on his, you know, beating on the toms, which, you know how I feel about that. Right. So. We talk about sound men a lot and how they ruin gigs because a lot of times the sound man, he's used to... A volume that he likes and and he's not gonna want it any softer than he likes it and he likes it loud so so no matter how soft we are on stage he the pa is just fucking killing loud and then you get and, loud and then he pulls it down so yeah, he just kills and, and the we're whole just we're just you know we're just trying to play a musical set here and the guy just doesn't understand that he doesn't really even need the PA for much more than maybe just to mic the bass drum, maybe a little guitar in the monitor just to spread it out. Just very minimal use of the PA, and it would be plenty loud enough for the room. It would be fine. But no, it's got to sound like Judas Priest. It's right. got to be and loud. Would you, would you ever use, um, like, IRs from your Kelly cabs on the road? And just use them. No, send them to the you, front of house. Then you need to have a monitor. You'd have to hear them through a monitor because IRs don't work unless you have unless a power you got amp. oh right, yeah. unless you got an in here 
In, no, oh, he would never yeah, do that. not good. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm waving my arms. No, okay. please. Okay. Yeah, that no. is the worst. Though our drummer does wear them. He likes in-ears. But so. I think guitarist is the really the only instrument where in-ear ears are just like a bitch. Even headphones are a drag yeah. for guitar. It sometimes. is. It just, it's just you lose all yeah. connection. You, you feel disconnected. It's, it is. It's a If you're playing through an amplifier. There's yeah. something about an amp behind you. Even if you can't hear it well, it's still a feeling. You feel it more than hear it. I, I remember one time I asked Holsworth. Um, he had these. He used to play, especially in the later years. He would be playing with these amps that are no bigger than this. They're like little combos. Oh yeah. And I yeah. think they were either Yamahas or, or I can't remember Hughes yeah. and Kettner or whatever. But they were very small. And he's standing right in front of them. And I would always ask, like, not always ask. I just asked him once. <laughs> like every time I saw him, I asked the same question. Hey, Alan. I know I've asked you this before, but anyway, I I just say, Alan, how how can you hear yourself? You know, uh, when you're standing, your ears are up here, and the, the speakers are so low to the ground, and I don't see any monitors. And he'd say, I don't want to hear it, man. You know, because because I think hearing it made him too self-conscious wow if you hear it so clearly that you hear every nuance of right. what's going on and that's why i try not to put to, i sometimes i need a little guitar on the monitor to hear myself but when the monitor overtakes the cabinet behind you yeah then all you're hearing is the actual you're hearing way too much detail Makes you think that shit that you're totally sounds great in the audience doesn't sound great in that in that right. monitor environment. You're hearing it in a way too detailed. Right. Way. It's it it's like it's crispy, like the fuzzy. problem with recording, right? You put a microphone right in front of the speaker. Have you ever put your ear there? You don't put your ear there. Well, you know what happens. Yeah. You know what it sounds like. Sure. That's what the microphone's fucking yeah. hearing. Yeah. That's why you have to deal with all that EQ and do all that other shit because that sometimes, is positively the yeah. worst place to hear the speaker well, is with your ear right in front of it. it. it maybe with, in your mm -hmm. case, yeah, in a, in a distortion case, that's not usually true because if you don't put the mic right in the speaker, you lose the, um, you, you lose the big 
the big sound. Like if you get it too far away, you start hearing the room too much, and then mm -hmm. you get this kind of like tanky. Yeah, but room still, sound, if you don't you even know? have it and you're just hearing in the room and you hear it, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the sound you're going for. Yeah. And you know, and now you put the microphone in front of it and you're trying to get that sound that you'd like in the room. Yeah. And you're like, it's like, well, duh, you can't get it. You got your fucking ear up against the speaker, you <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. What yeah. the who the fucking thought of that stupid yeah. one? Yeah. Back in the old days, you know, they had one big ribbon mic like we had the other day. Sure. And everybody got kind of a certain distance depending mm -hmm. upon how loud their instrument was. Yeah. Those mm -hmm. records still in my opinion, are the best-sounding records ever made. For that kind of music, though. Well, okay. Yeah, because it would work with rock, but it would work in But I mean, I've got these bootleg tapes that I've heard that sound beautiful. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, some, there's something about distortion guitar. When it mixes into the drum mics, you get problems. It, it creates... Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about just bootleg tapes that were in the room of, of yeah, like yeah, sure. of Cream... Of yeah. Led Zeppelin and of Hendrix, I've got, uh -huh. there's a lot of those, as yeah, you know. Yeah, sure. And I think they sound brilliant. Yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. I, 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 I might not agree with that if okay. I heard them compared to a, a real tape where everything was separated. Well, it, I guess it just depends. It still comes you know? down to vibe and everything. The recording's not going to stand up against. A studio session, but the vibe is probably so fucking great. It doesn't and, and matter. So, and in some ways, I I disagree with you. I think I mean it depends on what you're listening for. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like okay. I, I mean I had this. You know, we had met with my producers on one of my record. We were going to go after like what our philosophy was for recording my trio. So we sat around listening to records for a good evening. You know, discussing mm -hmm. what we were. Well, you know how we were going to pan things, what, you know, that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was useless. If the music was happening, I thought it was brilliantly recorded. Mm -hmm. If the music wasn't happening, I thought it sounded like shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I am used... I am used... Yeah. But Vibe. I admit that I'm not the right guy to be in this but conversation. But you know what? That's not, it's not really a bad thing you're saying because it is the, it, it is the music that's more important than the sound of the music. Right, you know, the, 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 the record I liked the best of everything we listened to was the incredible jazz guitar of West Montgomery. Well, that is one of, I'll admit, the worst sounding studio recordings mm -hmm. I've heard. You know, I mean, yeah. I can I, I recognize, like, this is really not well recorded. Yeah. Still, it's like I'd rather have my ears on that thing than just about anything. That's 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 totally cool. I mean, this yeah. per personal preference, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I'm, I'm so used to... Like some of the less, the my favorite records are also really great sounding records that were recorded really well with, with you know producers that really knew what they were yeah, doing, yeah. and they and, and and so I tend to, tend to gravitate toward those records that sonically really please my yeah. ears along with the great music. Yeah. But even like some of the Weather Report records that I listen to are horribly recorded. Like the drums are completely mixed out of the picture. Poor Peter Erskine, you can't even tell he's playing sometimes. You can't hear the bass drum at all. It's completely missing right. from the picture. And I'm going, fuck. I mean, no good engineer would mix a record and make it sound like this. And I'm sure Peter was pissed. And I'm sure anybody that wants to hear a record that's really mixed well would listen to some of those records and go, this is the, one of the worst mixes I've ever heard. Yet... Look at Birdland. Birdland, no matter what you think of the mix, it was a hit, and people love it, and they've heard it millions and millions of times. And you can't criticize the mix because 
it is what it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, The drums are way back in the background. You can't hear the drums, but yet it's Birdland and it sounds great for what it is. And, and even though a lot of people would call that the world's shittiest mix, it's, it stands as being what it is and people love it. Yeah. And a lot of records like that. Well, yeah, being different. There's nothing wrong. You know, it's like we can't help but judge things according to our aesthetic which is based on our history right and so you know you, you say well that's horrible but are you saying it's horrible or are you saying it's just not like anything you've ever heard that you're, mm-hmm. you're comfortable with mm-hmm. you know like we hated cds because we all were in love with the sound of analog mm-hmm. all our lives you know but to somebody who came to that new they might hear analog and cds and go wait a minute i can hear so much more frequency spectrum on the digital than mm-hmm. I can on the analog. What are you guys in love with this mushy, distorted sound yeah, for? Crackling you know, but but, but, yeah, but right? I can say, well, you didn't get laid for the first time to that sound, and you didn't get to hang out getting high for the first time to that right. sound. You didn't sit around like reading liner notes exactly. and listening to that for the first time. So you don't even know what that I'm talking about. And they're going amazing, like, man. And, they're, and, they're gonna go, and they're going to go, well, what does that have to do with the music? And I go, right. well, you're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean... <clears throat> Yeah, you know, as much of a as much as a as an audiophile nut I am on my own records, I don't ever listen to other records with that mentality. Right. I just listen to the music. I've got plenty of shitty sounding records I love and listen yeah, some to. Some of them are mine. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I just I just don't care about it that much. Most of the music I listen to these days is in my car right. on an MP3 mixed with sounds from the road. So I'm not really, you can't say I'm too particular if that's my main style of listening to music is along with sounds of potholes and right. and, well, and other cars blowing their horns okay. and shit. I guess I'm not have, that particular. You, what are you doing back there, peeing? Yeah. Bruce is peeing that. behind uh, Troy's bar. console. It looks like this horse way. is never going to run again. <laughs> hey. Bruce, you can't just go behind Troy's mixing desk and pee. <laughs> In a jug and make it turn into whiskey? Um, Have you heard Landau's new album? Uh, I haven't Mike's? yet. I, I haven't heard it yet. I want to. I want to check it out. I just haven't got. But a chance I am to gonna to say it. you're gonna love my new record, especially in the car, because there's no bass. Oh, there you go. We have figured out a way. <laughs> About all those problems and never being able to hear the bass <laughs> uh-huh. in a car, uh-huh. we just don't have one. And you put a, a lot, like millions of bass players out of work. It's awesome. Millions? <laughs> Billions. The, all the guys who wanted to play on that record don't have work because you don't have bass yeah. on that record. <laughs> Why don't we need to have a bass okay, player on okay. the I accept that, but I don't really, I don't really think you know what like you're talking about. Like John Patitucci right now. Hey, pe- he yeah. could have been on your record, but he wasn't, and now he's pissed off because he could have been oh, on your record. Lee Sklar. Lee Sklar's also incredibly he's, mad at you. Look, right now. look, you know, look, he, right, right. He's incredibly mad that he didn't take the gig and then cancel at the last minute because he got a better gig. <laughs> Which would have happened. <laughs> at least he would have had the gig yeah. to cancel. Yeah. Wow. That's Love a, that Lee Sklar, man. Right. Wow. I love him. You know what? When I was on the road with Billy Cobham. You've told this story. I did. Okay. Well, I won't tell it again then. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a good story. Well, thanks, though. Thanks for for blowing my eye. (laughs) I really appreciate it. (laughs) But if you want to tell it again, you can. No, it's okay. I'll tell a short version. I didn't know who played bass on Spectrum. 
And I would, and Billy said, "You'll just never guess in a million years." And he said, "Lee Sklar," and I said, "You're right. I wouldn't have guessed because I had no idea he could play that funky." Man. He's so he's badass. A, he's a great bass player. He'd be great to have on the show. Really awesome. Actually, Billy's doing a, a a thing again. A friend of mine is playing with him, and I forget who it is. Uh-huh. I remember seeing it on the uh, on on the Facebook. You know, Lee Sklar keeps getting kicked off Facebook for some yeah. reason. I don't really? know why. He does. Yeah. yeah. He he's does. been kicked off Facebook really? like ten times, and yeah, I don't he know gets, why. Well, he just fucking every every comment is fuck motherfucking Trump fucking motherfucking. Oh, well, oh really? I well, can't that. Everybody does. Everybody does Who that. Who doesn't do that? I don't know. I guess maybe he's talking. I thought Facebook had. I love no what he says. Cussing limits. I mean, no, I'm it's not about cussing. I think he just rips. Facebook. Well, you're probably not know. saying it enough. <laughs> I need to say it more. I don't know. I support everything Lee does because I just he's. But I uh, he's amazing, man. He's, he's so great. Well, in Instagram, yeah. you can do the same thing. You just have to do it in a minute or less. Oh, okay. Well, that's just funny. Jeff Beck's coming to town. Oh, with is uh, which with which band? I don't know. I just saw the advertisement the other day. So well, I haven't. You know, I've see. missed like the last three times he was here. So maybe I'll go see this one. <coughs> It'd be great to see him. I haven't seen him since I saw him play with Jennifer, and that was a really good show. He played his ass mm. off. It was great. Um, he played with Jennifer Benton. When well, you remember back in the when he first came out with Who Else? Right. That first album. Um, was kind of like his comeback album because he hadn't made an album in a long time, and he had Jennifer Batten playing synth guitar. Wow! And he had and and you know it was a great show, and I I went and saw it. It was one of the last shows I ever saw at Universal because they tore that oh, amphitheater yeah. down. Oh, that yeah. that Gibson amphitheater. Yeah, it's gone, and, <clears throat> yeah. and that's where I saw him. And it was a great sounding show. Like not only did he play great, but the sound was so good, and it was a it was. Jennifer's awesome. got a new album too. Oh yeah I, yeah, I saw that. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm wrong. I saw the the the, the Jeff Beck show after that, where he played at the Greek theater with BB King. Wow! And that was amazing because Jeff Beck. It was a trio. It was him and and uh, Terry Bozio and an and T- Tony Hymas mm-hmm. on keyboards. So they had no bass player. It was right. a keyboard bass, and they played their set. And they had a a great. I would. I like the Jennifer show better, but it was a, still a really good set. But the cool thing was is that when B.B. King came out with his big horn band, he invited Jeff to come up and play with them on the first tune. And B.B. sat on the mic and said, I think I'm going to let this guy play for the rest of the set. And Jeff just played the rest of the whole set. He played wow. all the guitar solos and B.B. just sang. Really? And it was so cool to hear Jeff Beck play just those traditional one four five blues with horns behind him. Yeah. It was great, man. And he played really good. Wow. It was awesome, man. It was a great show. One in a lifetime show for me. Just to see him and BB King that up there together. Really cool it, was, to see. it was badass. Really cool to see. Yeah. It was very cool. We But yeah, like to like to see what he's doing now. Isn't he playing with those the girls? Like there's a couple girls that yeah, I think with so. the loud hailer. You know, I've still never heard that album. I haven't. I have to. I have to buy it. I still haven't heard it. Clapton's got a documentary out. I haven't seen that, but I want to mm-hmm. see that. I heard it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our guitar wank uh, fans in uh, Miami, Florida, keeps seeing Ingve Malmsteen at the supermarket. Saw him again the other day. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah, that he is awesome. He sent me a picture. Man. He proved it. What does he buy? <clears throat> what? What does he buy? Inve pulls up to this supermarket in this fucking crazy, amazing Ferrari, mm-hmm. and he keeps seeing him there. He took a picture. He drives. So Inve drives a Ferrari. 
Ingve collects from, uh, collects Ferraris, apparently. Okay. Ingve does what he wants. And apparently, you would never know, he said, you would never know, looking at Ingve at the supermarket, that he just didn't play a gig or he's getting about to go on stage because he's wow. in the same clothes. He's in the same clothes as all the time. All right. the time. Is it? I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, love I, think it. I read that he's going to start a tour pretty soon or that he's just, I think you he know, is, he's... Yeah. On the road, I think he's more playing now. sometime soon. Yeah, that's cool, man. Great I'd love guitar to see player, him. Oh me too. God. I mean, he's I've an never interesting seen him live, cat. but he's a very interesting guy, and he's a great guitar player. He's like Elvis on guitar. Yeah, it kind of is like Elvis. The on way guitar. he dresses, I'm talking yeah. his vibe, but the whole vibe. Yeah, you know, and he's whole... like six foot. He's huge. Mm-hmm. He's a monster, but he's a monster player, man. He oh, really is. He's fuck. a great rock guitarist. There's yeah. no doubt about it. He can shred. Yeah, so that's cool. Lol, Steve Vai. Okay. Yeah, let's name all the famous guitar players. Can I have a? Can I have a? Some of this, uh, whatever it is. Oh, what is? Oh, oh that's from your, your buddy. This is the old Pete. satchel. Oh, the old satchel. Old satchel. Old. I th- I think we need more ice. Though. Old uh, crow. Are we out? We're out. Uh, let me ice run. Wow. I, ice oh, run. This old crow. Just fast forward your. Uh, podcast everybody will keep talking while troy leaves to get he's gonna leave us like he always does <laughs> so what's wrong with this picture right yeah, but, yeah right. i'll get it you guys stay there relax i'll get ice. okay don't worry no no don't take your time don't cough on it yeah let's just believe we're at cindy's before we met this fucker. yeah right all right, yeah, All right. back in the old days. Back in the old days when we used to We, go to we were just young lovers. Yeah, we were young lesbians back then. <laughs> I miss those days. You know, I've, Cindy's is open. We still need to do a Cindy's run. Yeah, because Cindy's is so, still open. Let's do it. Yeah, we need to go check it out. You know, have the usual bacon and... You always have what? Bacon, bacon and eggs or, or, yeah, or you are a waffle. Yeah, waffle and yeah. bacon. Yeah. So I go to John Sir's the other day. And John, I'm just going to get, get my guitar refretted. Right, you said that. And John's going to take me to lunch. And he just says out of the blue, I'm a vegan now. And starts showing me butchering cow videos. And like guys with their fist up cow's asses jerking them off so they'll, so they'll fuck the cow. And it was like, ah, really, John? I had to walk away. It was d- devastating to me to see animals abused on that level, I had to walk away. It yeah. disgusted me. So you're vegan day, now? And the next day I went to Giacocca and had beef. And feel horrible about it. Well, maybe it's time to uh, cross the, cross you the river. You eat meat? Yeah. So I don't know, man. You know, But it's, it's horrible. A, it's horrible. It's, it is. I mean, and, and, and it's just like, God damn it, John. I mean, you have to be like a converted Christian and now everybody has to fucking be a Christian because you're one? Yep. He does. Fuck. You know? I, I mean, I really... And you know what? Those frets, you better watch out for. Them. <laughs> They're going to be vegan frets? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm going to have a horrible tour because he's going to put vegan frets and let's on face my it, no, gre- no grease. No grease <laughs> no at grease all, man. At all. That tofu gonna, grease ain't right, the same right. thing, I'm going to try to play blues and I'll forget how. I won't be able to play blues on the uh, guitar. What yeah. did I miss? Uh, we missed, well, uh, he went down to Sir. Okay, can I make this quick? He yes. went down to Sir's, and John's gone vegan. And so John was going to take him out to lunch, but before he did, he showed him a bunch of animal cruelty. Oh, John, why would you do that? 
fucking love me some. I mate. don't know, man. I mean, the guy, the guy makes but great it's guitars. True. It's true. He didn't, he didn't like show him stuff that was made up. He showed him real things. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, it's like you can't deal with the truth. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I, I mean, mean that's you know, exactly. But the, what, the truth is the truth, man. Yeah, and, and that's what he did to me right before lunch. Why did Boy, you, you should have seen what he did to him after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> well, my butt is still hurting. Really, man, my butt is so fucking sore. <laughs> John told me where to holiday. That's what he told me to do. What? Where to go on holidays? He found some these amazing places. Showed me pictures of his holidays and said, "Oh, I'm still mad at him. I'm mad at him now. Why? Because he because he showed me. I don't want to see that. Have you stopped eating meat? No, but I just <laughs> right, but he, I, now I feel bad. Now about he feels it. bad about it. It's the first step. Yeah, it's, it's the, the first, first step. step. What, do do you see yeah. many? Hold on, vegan? Is he going or vegetarian? Vegan. vegan. Oh fuck, man! Yeah, how many vegans do you see that look really healthy? I've seen. I, I actually, actually, many. I do know a lot. I think that I've do. seen more oh, unhealthy looking vegans. But that's possible. Healthy. But I do have. I have. I do know. Very say, many attractive. Just, I mean, and I, healthy I don't vegans. know any any no, vegans actually uh, that I could say look healthy or not healthy, but I, you I know, know well, you know. Yeah. But God, can we talk about music? This is you know people that <laughs> yeah. yeah people well, that I leave you guys for five just, minutes and you get on to vegan. Yeah, we get on to something else. But <laughs> but we, we started anyway. with refretting. So how yeah. often do you refret uh, your guitar? We, I I don't I don't think I know because. <laughs> I don't. I've I've only done it maybe a few times. Well, a few you know? times. How long have you had? The, I assume it's the green guitar, right? It's the green guitar that I played on so many tours. Okay, I wouldn't so even know. I mean, we're how many times has it been years refretted? Years. I think. I don't think it ever has been. Refretted. Oh, okay, okay. And so you've had it for like five years, ten years, at least maybe seven or eight years at least. Yeah, this is his first fret job. Yeah. Okay, and, and he said, you know, the dents are so bad in the frets that if they. Shave the frets, right? It'd be, they'd, they'd be, be too, too low, low yeah, and it yeah. wouldn't be fun to. Play. I just refretted my gu red guitar for the first time. Uh huh. Well, I'm a little nervous about it because that's the only guitar that I. Well, have you know, you it, it, and for different reasons. Like, I'm way harder on the frets than you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I got fourteen. Right, you got big high strings, e strings. Sure. I got thick strings, and I play a lot more notes than you do. No, I well, no, because I'm playing chords all the time oh, right. too, yeah, and I and and you know, and, no, I don't and really I'm playing know and I'm gigging it. I'm gigging practically every night. Right. right. So you know, I'm playing a lot, and you know, I'm playing so. My frets will wear out faster than yours. Yeah. And they're what, nickel did, did frets. Did you think about going for steel frets? No, they're brighter. 
Yeah. And I that's that's the last thing I need is more treble. I've got pl- treble to spare. I don't want to make Nobody knows the treble I see. No. <laughs> but Jeebus. I did learn one interesting thing about just the know, Oxbox? No. About, it's a the funny Oxbox. thing I learned about about the we were talking before about the the ease of playing on stage sometimes and and I've realized what a big problem volume is sometimes for me because I hardly pick. I do play a lot of legato stuff and try to sound more like a horn. Right. And 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 um you know some nights that's easier than other nights and I finally figured out why. It's the volume. Yeah. It's it's like the louder you are, each note you play is trying to feed back. So when you try to hammer a note to get away from that note that's trying to feed back, it doesn't want to let go. And you hammer on and it takes a much stronger force, a bigger, you know, like yeah. push to hammer it to get away from that note that's trying to feed back. When you're playing at a medium volume, you don't have that problem because the notes aren't trying to feed oh, back, right. and the notes just sort of cascade out of the right, guitar. Right, but if you're so playing at a soft volume, then the notes don't want to hang in the air, and that gets to be a problem. Well, actually, too. for me, that's not because I have gain. Oh, right, anyway. you've got pedals. so so so. It's got pedals. Yeah. So, but so if I'm playing soft to medium, I have no problem at all. But once it gets to a volume where the notes are trying to feed back, then it then I have to fight my instrument to get the notes. And that's another thing that Alan told me a long time ago when he said there's going to be times, because he traveled with his own sound man. That was back in the days where I had my own sound man. All the guys had their own sound man because we could afford it. And and, uh, that's kind of a luxury I really, really miss. But Alan had his own sound guy. And Alan sometimes would say, I tell my sound guy, you wonder why sometimes it's a little hard to hear my solos. And he says, I kind of like it that way because I don't want people to hear all the details of that legato technique because there can be, it's not quite as clean as you clean think. Clean as picking, kind of. You know what I mean? It's, of it's, course it's, I do. Yeah, so anyway, but I, I, he would always say, and I have to play soft anyway because the louder I play, the worst, I have to fight my guitar. And and when I get it, when it gets up to a certain volume, I have to fight my guitar to play it. And now I kind of realize what he means by that. Right. Yeah. I never really understood what he means by that, but now I kind of get it because now that I'm using the uh, closed back cabinet and it's not a slant, so they're not speakers pointing up at my ears. <clears throat> I notice it way more that the, because of the 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 depth and the just the way that cabinet communicates with the pickups way better than the slant cabinet did. You get up to a certain volume, and it becomes harder to get the notes out. Right. You know, where mm. maybe a rock guy who picks a lot would never have that problem. Right. Like oh. a picker, have, have, a fast picker like Ingve wouldn't have right. that problem. How heavy are those cabs? Are they heavier than normal 4x12s? Well, actually, no. They're way lighter, and oh, that's okay. why they sound better. Okay. Yeah. I had kind of an argument with some people on... on uh, it was Dave... Uh, uh, L.A. Sound Design, Dave Phillips. Yeah. He's the guy um, who's, he's like Kerry Wright's dealer in L.A. Yeah. So he was selling my slant cabinet for $1,700 or $1,600, something like that. And empty. And there was a lot of guys that got into a hate fest. And he, he 
labeled the post, who would have ever think, thought that just selling a speaker cabinet would turn into such a hate fest? Because there were guys that were literally just jacked off, pissed off, man. Like, that you were selling it? That, no, that, that I was selling it for so expensive. Oh. Like they'd say, there's no fucking way in hell a cabinet's worth that much money. Empty with no speakers on it? Who do you think you fucking are? Blah, blah, blah. So I've kindly went on there and set those assholes straight and told them why a Cary Wright cabinet is worth that much money. And I listed every reason. There was about 10 reasons why you can't get a cabinet like that. If you, you know, unless you bought a vintage 1960s Marshall cabinet, the very cabinet that Hendrix used, which would cost you probably about 3500 empty. Right. So either, yeah, go buy a fucking vintage cabinet then, idiot, you know, and pay $3,500, you know, or buy a great cabinet from Kerry for around 17 18 Or make one yourself and shut yeah, the right, fuck up. Yeah, right, make one yourself. <laughs> but one of the reasons that Kerry's cabinets are so light is he does get his wood from Russia. Right. And for some reason, Uh-oh. the wood over there is <laughs> Collusion. Lighter, lighter, lighter birch. Right. Collusion. Really, really light birch. Yeah, he's in with Trump. Collusion. I don't yeah. why did the, he said he had an argument. That's why it's a slanted cabinet. No, no. Oh. Dave had an argument with all these oh, guys. Okay. Because they were saying it's not worth that much money. And I was telling them that, look, I mean, as much as I love John Sir and Reinhold Bogner and blah, 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 um, I have heard a Carrie Wright, the same exact cabinet with the same exact speakers next to a Sir cabinet with the same exact speakers and mic'd them both up and it is not a contest. There is, it, and the difference is not subtle. Right. It's something anyone would hear immediately because the sound, the, the, the sound of, a, of a guitar is not just the speakers, it's the resonation of the cabinet that's giving it the tone just as much as it is the speakers. Right. So if the cabinet is heavy as shit and doesn't resonate, it's the same as playing a fucking piece of board, you know, like a one of those heavy guitars that doesn't resonate, and it's the same kind. Of, it's the same principle. Yeah. Also, a huge difference, like if you're putting the speaker on the ground, we're not. This is a weird one, and I don't know where this came from, but Eddie Van Halen used to my, take all the Tolex off the the cabinet and set the cabinet directly on the ground with no rubber feet. Right. And I thought, well, okay, if Eddie does it, it must be amazing. So I did that. I, I, I didn't take the Tolex off the cabinet, but I unscrewed the rubber feet, and I set the cabinet just on my wood floor and mic'd it. It killed it. It just sounded puny and small and terrible. And I was like, why? Because... It's coupled with the floor, mm. and the floor is stopping the cabinet from resonating. Right. So I put the rubber feet back on it and set it on the rubber feet, and it sounded like huge, amazing. And I was like, wow, okay, so... I mean, I'm not saying Eddie's wrong. I'm just saying it might work for him, but sure it didn't work for me. It just completely took all the life out of the speaker cabinet. Right. Because the, ca the wood is... And anyway, that's what makes a carry cabinet so great because it's light and he dovetails the joints, which they used to do in the old days. And, uh, you know, contrary to... God, why am I saying this bad stuff about John Sir? He's been so nice to me. But <laughs> they don't make their cabinets. I mean, a guy makes those cabinets. He makes them for everybody, for right. Wagner, for Sir. For, and I'm not saying they're bad at all. They're good cabinets, but... It's like comparing, you know, something. He, he, this guy's like the Dumble of 
cabinet, cabinet makers. Right. He's just everything is so perfectly done. He does it all by himself, and it's just a work of art. Right, and it sounds really good. Like you just can't get a bad frequency out of the thing. It sounds amazing. Yeah, and it's it's because of the wood and the deep, the, the perfect workmanship and everything. And of course, you got to put good speakers in it. What do you put in it? I like the Celestian Greenbacks. I mean, those have always been my favorite. But I guess, you know, some guys like vintage. Greenback or cream? Greenback. They're, they're those, the same speakers that, you know, Led Zeppelin used and all those guys. And Hendrix used the, um, I guess they're Greenbacks, but they're H. Mm -hmm. I like the M. You know, the regular G12M Greenbacks. Right. Yeah. And they make a few different ones. They make... They make uh, some of them come from England, and those are called the heritage greenbacks. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to make it sound they're they're trying to make them sound like the old greenbacks. But I don't think they sound as much like the old greenbacks as the Chinese greenbacks do. Right. Those are the ones that I like. And then I went out and I, I splurged and I bought some real vintage greenbacks, like one from 1969. Two from 1969, one from 68, and one from 71. Wow. And I have those in a cabinet. And, wow. I mean, that's big, the holy grail. Big um, difference? Yeah. It's, it's, they're darker right. than a Chinese greenback. And I wouldn't use them for my normal tone. But if I want to get that vintage, real vintage thing, that's it. Yeah. That's the sound. It's like you pl you put a mic up to them, and it sounds like Led Zeppelin. It's that tone. Wow. It's creamy, man. Yeah. It's like yeah. kind of sexy. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, That's I jerk cool. off and think about them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Celestians. When I'm going to sleep, I think about those vintage Celestians. <laughs> Get kind of horny. <laughs> As does Bruce. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh yeah, that's doing. <laughs> yeah, it but me. it's funny how you know they don't really fit my style. Like for my style, I just prefer the regular greenbacks you can buy at Guitar Center. Chinese right. greenbacks you can buy at Guitar Center. Yeah. They just have. They're brighter. They sound more like just. They just sound like me. It's that sound. You know. I think I've got a gold selection like in that. Those sound nice. Yeah. Those are beautiful for chords. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah, you know, on this on this new album, I guess for the first time, I will probably try some IRs. I've never done that before, because usually I would change the mic placement, and that's kind of kind of a hit or miss thing. Right. Though God, Jimmy Page was so good at it. You, if you listen to Led Zeppelin two really closely, and you hear all the amazing different timbres from the same amp, probably and same guitar just different mic placements. I mean, sometimes he would put the mic 10 feet away and sometimes right up in the speaker yeah. or he'd have the cabinet in a hallway or in a bathroom or something and mic it up. And Oh my God, I mean, it's basically a Marshall and a Les Paul, but it sounds so completely different in different parts of the songs because of just the mic is in mic. a different place, right. mic placement. And he was a genius at that. And I'm not that good at it because... My recording room is very small, and sometimes if I put a mic, if I, if I put the mic too far away from the cabinet, you basically hear my room, and it's not a good sound. Right. My room does not really sound good. It's just a small, dumb recording room, and it's too small to have a good room sound. So I think 
the best thing to do would be to grab some of the, those IRs that are recorded in big, huge spaces. And then that, that would be a, a way there's, to... There's your room. For layering, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? To tr Instead of trying to do it myself, which I just don't have the recording studio to do it in, I think that's where the IRs might really come in handy. You know, do you just, have a mic that you keep going back to, just 57? 57. That's another thing about my room is that I can't use a ribbon. Right. Because with a ribbon, you've got to get it away from the cabinet before it starts sounding good. Yep. And then I start hearing my stupid room again, which sounds horrible. The only way I can get a good sound is to put the mic right up in the speaker. Stupid room. Stupid room. Why don't I live in Beverly Hills? Stupid and then room. I can have like a big room like you have here, which would actually be a great room to record a guitar in. Like if you put a cabinet right there yep. and then put the mic over there, it would probably sound amazing. Yeah. In this big space, yep. it would sound incredible. But I don't have that because I'm poor. Not like you. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you rich Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me pegged. You got me. I can't afford a big studio in North Hollywood. Thank you so big. Really? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, Mr. Bruce Foreman, you tell Scott. Tell Scott what? I don't know. Tell him to <laughs> fuck <Tell> off. <laughs> like the well, you know, Trump. I just, you know, yeah. What can I say? What can he say? Oh, do you got any questions for us today? I don't have any questions for you today. What a sad ass. <laughs> <laughs> what a sad ass host you are <laughs> because we did. I just thought today would be a good day just for the catch up because it's been yeah. this is the first one for 2018 I love catch up do we have any like what, New Year's resolutions <laughs> what, what, what do you past well, that you're, you're, you're headed off on tour right yeah I'm going to be on tour going to play in a lot of weird places not weird but just all over the place it's, it's one of those from the north to the south to the east to the west tours, going everywhere. So uh, wow! So never been dates? to Lithuania. I'll, I've been to Lithuania. Yeah, I've never it's been good. there before. Yeah, I guess there's maybe twenty-five gigs, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Gonna go. So to when France, do you leave? Uh, February twenty-seventh. Oh wow! And then I'm back on like the end of March or first of April. Right. And he might add a few dates. He's still trying to add stuff to the end of it, but. Are you going to yeah. take a guitar wank cap before you leave? I am. <laughs> I mean, I would wear that on stage. Absolutely. You'd wear this on stage? Absolutely, because I wear caps on you stage. You heard that, folks. Wow. Yeah, okay, I if you go it. to a Scott Henderson gig and he's not wearing the guitar wank hat. No, I would. Well, it's, I'm going to wear that and my dolphin's hat. No. Not no, at the no, same no, time. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not going to work for Bruce. No, <laughs> that's not, not working for me. <laughs> well, sorry. And... You, everywhere you put your mug down, you got to take a guitar on coaster. Definitely. <laughs> well, I'll, have to put, I'll just fill my suitcase up. I don't need clothes if I have coasters. Right, you could sell them like and CDs. Take my coasters. These CDs are selling like hotcakes. <laughs> that's yeah. what you could do. Taking five spools of six spools of CDs to sell. Are you, that's a lot. Hopefully. Yeah. The new one or the old one? No, well, you, the old one, yeah. Vibe Station. And I have a few left of the older ones that I'll sell. Do you know? To. Do you know how many you've sold of Vibe Station? I don't know how many I've sold. But I well, you, it's hard to tell anymore because people buy downloads yeah, now. Yeah. And I mean, actual CDs I've sold over five thousand. But that's good. But there's like 
all those downloads. Yeah, right. Who counts that? I mean, and that's like selling a record, but it's a digital record. And there's a way to count it if I went on CD Baby and actually went through all those numbers. I guess I could figure it out, but I just never have. Right. You know, not... I, I've always sort of said like, okay, it's the physical CD. Nowadays, probably a lot more people buy it as an MP3 off iTunes than they buy the CD, yeah. I would imagine. Can you choose... I don't even know. Can you choose to buy it like at a higher quality? That's a good there, question. There are there are some sites that are doing <laughs> that, but you CD have to Baby be a part will do of it, them. won't they? Or what? No, they won't the, sell flat uh, wave files or no, anything no, like no, that. No. no, but there are companies that you can get involved with that will do a high definition oh. download. But you got to, you know, I mean, I, I have a friend actually that started one of the very first ones. How much does each download cost, like for a record? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I know a guy who... But uh, this woman, she does it, and like, like particularly, you know, like that guy Bruce Ball? Um, his friend, they, they sell the digital downloads for people who have all that equipment that he, Bruce has. That's yeah, the audio, the yeah. high-end audio people. But yeah. His mate sells these bass albums for 50 bucks a pop. Yeah. Now, how much bass. does a vinyl record cost to buy? Because a lot of people are doing <clears throat> vinyl now. I never did vinyl for vinyl. Well, that, that cost you. It would... That cost. It depends on what it costs you, what you want to sell it for. You know how many you make. How, you know? how many? How how much does a, a vinyl album sell for these days? Well, I think most people sell it for like twenty to twenty-five on gigs. Really? That's uh-huh. it. Yeah. You, if you sign them, sell them for fifty. Well, right. I couldn't bring them on gigs because I don't even know where to put them. It's too much shit to carry around. It's too much shit to carry around. But I was just thinking, because I know that Mike, on his last album, not this last recent one, but the one before this, the organic instrumental album, yep. he made some vinyl. And I've been meaning to ask him, like, how many did he make? How much did it cost to make them? And how much did he sell them for? And I, ne- I haven't talked to him about it yet, but that he was he would be my source of knowledge for that. Does he rec- do you know if, what he records his albums at? Like does he go 96 or 192? Oh, well, he's always at 96. 96, yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, he right. might have gone up to 192. I have no idea, but right. he usually records at 96. So the new stuff yeah. is kind of raging honkies again, right? I heard, I mean Alan played on it. And oh, Alan okay. Alan told me about the session. Yeah. But that doesn't really have much to do with what Mike did after right. after it. Because it's not a new record. I think they did the, the bass and drums basic tracks like a long time ago, like maybe last year. Yeah. And now he's finally getting around. He got around to doing the tracks and layering some guitars and doing the vocals and stuff. But the songs were already written. Yeah. But then he got, now he's finished it. But I have no idea what kind of music it is because I haven't heard it yet. I did hear one song that was kind of cool. It was on, on the web, and it's like you can watch the lyrics go by. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's on the only one I've yeah. heard. Yeah. And it, it kind of sounded to me more folkish, more pop, kind of. But I don't know if the whole record is that style or not. Who knows? Yeah, you know, with Mike's records, it's usually like my records. There's one song that's kind of like this, and another song that's like this, another song. It's not like you could categorize it all as one style of music right right he, he's pretty diversified so that's one of the things i love about mike it, he he's not one of those guys that will feel like he has to make the whole record a certain style of music though he has done that and i've right. done that too but i kind of yeah. like the freedom of just being able to okay if i want to put a country song on there i'll put a country song right on there. If, right this new record that i have <coughs> 
Oof. It's got all, it's just all over the map, man. It's got jazz ballads. It's got a pretty heavy rock tune. It's got like a bebop uh, rhythm changes type of tune. It's got Wayne-ish type of really harmonic tunes with tons of harmony and chords. It's really all over the place. Right. You know, you couldn't define it as a certain <clears throat> How many tracks? Thing. Ten tracks. Oh wow! One's a solo guitar piece that's just like a um, a little a little thing I've been playing live a lot. That, you know that I just want to stick it on the record if I can come up with a little hipper thing to do with it. But yeah. Anyway, but so I so it's I, electric I, guitar though. Yeah, but I will have some acoustic. Uh, I, I know I the, there's a song that really wants my dobro. I know that it, the dobro will fit on it really good. I've got one of those dobros where the strings are like an inch off the neck. Oh, it's you, just for slide. Yeah. And it's tuned to an open E chord. Yeah. So you just... <laughs> it's kind of you a no-brainer. You just wank on you it. You just wank on it, right. Yeah. You move the slide up and down, it goes... And it's fun. I love it. I haven't used it since Tore Down House. I used it on uh, oh, wow. Continuum. Yeah. Because I did a cover of Jocko's Continuum, and I used the Dobro on it. It was really nice, and I love the sound of it. And I haven't had a reason to use it since, and now I do. So awesome. I, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. This is actually the fun. <clears throat> you know, writing is so hard, and, and getting it all together to rehearse, and you play the songs on the road, and go through the basic tracks which is always sort of scary because you don't know how it's going to come out and finally at the end of it all now I have this thing this palette to work on and now is the fun part right now I get to layer and play and just have fun right you know so this is the part I always look forward to this is this is a this is the fun part of making music the creative part that I that I love not that the other stuff isn't creative but there's just a lot more work right involved in it like especially the guys you you know like when you write music and you it has to be played the way you envision it you you know I'm just I'm just really happy that I got through this thing and I'm very happy with how the guys played they played their asses off man and and sometimes on stage you 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 have those nights where ah god i wish you didn't hadn't have played that or i wish this hadn't happened or this should have been another way and then you get in the studio and you get to sort of like get it the way you want it right like let's do it this this is the way i want it and this is the way i want it to be and the guys are so nice and accommodating and they really want to make it sound the best it can be and they're so professional and they're yep. such good musicians and they made it happen man they they killed it they just wow. really 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 did and not to say anything bad about Alan and Travis cuz they're great musicians too but these guys have more of a jazz vocabulary right so they insert more of their personality into the music um and I have to say, to be fair, this music gives them more of an opportunity than the music I wrote for Vibe Station. So right. there's a lot more places for them to play and, you know, like vibe off Can't wait and to hear stuff it. like that. So it's it's cool. It's more of a jazz record than Vibe Station. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's going to be fun. That's awesome, man. It's it. exciting. 
something to keep you. Uh, 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 I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying right now. Well, I'll finish your this record for you. Whiskey is like. No, it's going to keep me off the streets <coughs> for six months or so. Can't be just turning knobs and right, and, and you're just gonna be stuck in your. I'm gonna be just turning knobs. I mean, this one guy asked me on my message board the other day about the song Vibe Station because it's just got a lot of sounds in it. One of those songs where it's a lot of layers, and it was amazing to me. He listened to the song and he discovered every single thing that I did on this song, and I was like. Who listens to music that closely? And then I remembered, I do. <laughs> because I can't tell you how many times I've listened to Zeppelin or Weather Report or even Donald Fagan um, and, and heard things that I never heard before. Right. Because I listen closely enough to hear them. And when, you do, when you do that, how are you listening to it? Headphones. Headphones. Only way. Yeah. Headphones. You listen in headphones, you hear stuff that you would never, ever normally hear. And you just listen close. And these guys, they really know, these musicians, these particular musicians, they just know that there's a lot more to music than what's on the surface. on the surface is beautiful and I have absolutely no problem with simple okay, music. Good. I love simple music. Yeah. I love some of my favorite music is simple music. But these texturalists, you know, they write the song, they write the chords and the melody and, and the harmony and it's there, but there's so much underneath it. You know, there's all these little ambient sounds underneath it and when you listen you go, whoa, I never knew that was there. It's just some little funny quirky sound that's way underneath and you just go whoa it's so beautiful and you never heard it before right. it's subliminal and i think most people they just they most people probably 99 percent of the people that listen to it never ever hear it as more than a subliminal thing they they hear it but they don't know they hear it but if you really study it and get down into it you realize it's there and why it's there right and, and how much sense it makes for it to be there, that little thing that you never heard before. And I just love that shit, man. I'm just crazy about it. I, it's, it's one of the things in music that make, makes me happy because it's like Star Wars. You see it once, but you've got to see it another 10 times to see everything. Right. Yeah, and I just it's, love is that. Is it the discovery process for you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's basically all it is is just arranging. No, you know, but if you like listen to any big band, you're going to hear stuff yeah. because those arrangements, those dense arrangements of the horns, you might hear a saxophone part and actually be able to sing it on the fourth or fifth listen, where as before you hear it as a cluster of notes. 
but as the more you hear it, the more you're able to pick out individual lines within those horns and actually be able to sing them. Yeah. Like in a choral part, when you hear a choir and you hear all the, you know, the density of all the voices, and then you all of a sudden hear the hear like the alto part. You can focus in on what one guy is singing and hear that part, and it's beautiful. It's just amazing how it's it all It's usually not a guy together. singing the alto part. Right, right. Oh, it's usually a girl. <laughs> right. Just saying, just right. saying. Yeah, but, I mean, right. not always. Yeah, but. yeah, you're right. But, yeah, it's it's really fun for me. So, the, anyway, this guy, he picked out all this shit, and, and I wrote him back, and I said, wow, dude, you really heard all that stuff. Like, you're the guy I, I do this for. Because, right. you know, the guy that really, like, listens deep and, and hears all this really fun stuff that's in the music. It's really cool. I'm sure Zawinul appreciated that too because his music was very layered and textured. And he always said to me, always put some shit in the music that people can't hear. If they can't hear it, it draws them in. You know, oh, that's, that's what they cool. That's what they said. You know, like yeah. he always had shit in his tunes that was, it's almost like you can't hear it, but it's there. Right. And if you really listen for it, it's there. Yeah. It's Ooh, interesting, that's, that's cool interesting thing. concept, you know. And I hear that sometimes when I hear Zeppelin, and I hear these little quirky, weird guitar sounds that they're way in the background or some shit. Who knows what it is? Sometimes it doesn't even sound like a guitar, but it's there. It's just fun. That's cool. And that is really cool. Well... Guys, unfortunately, I talked to... way too much, and I'm done. Well, that's no, good. You haven't been here in a while. That's, people yeah, people yeah, forgot what that sounded like. I'm excited about the new album. That's going to be awesome. You should. Um, when are we? When can we do another one? Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure mm -hmm. it out. It's I might be able to do one before I hit the road. You know, so that'd be cool. Not, I'm not gone. I'm still here for two weeks. So all right, we can do another one before. Okay. That. So, all right, cool beans. Good. Man, I I look forward to having a guest. You guys took all the fucking guests. Selfish there, there's bitches. only a million of them here. Uh, we'll get yeah. Peter. We'll try to get you Peter. You know, like like let's let's get rid of Scott so we can have some great guests on the show. Thanks a lot, <laughs> motherfuckers. Who did we have? Hey, man, you're the one that decided to take off. Oh, listen to the way he turned that shit around. That's right? some seriously passive aggressive shit here. He fucking farts out on us because he's got some record to do. Oh, I got to rehearse. Like, I've only done 15 records and 400 gigs since the last time Who I saw him. But no, he's got to do his shit and he can't make it. Now it's all of a sudden we like horning out on him. Who did I'm we sorry have? here. This ain't working for me, man. Who do you man? have that singer that I know really well that I work with all the time? Uh, Danielle. You know, that girl, Danielle. I mean, me and her like this. Yeah, uh -huh. And Adam Levy we had and Jake Reed we had. That's right. Adam do I know Jake Reed? He's the drummer who's on Junkyard. Oh, shit, man. I love that mixed, guy. He mixed the record. I love he, that He recorded guy. and mixed it. What a talented cat, yeah. man. He's the drummer was in Cowbop, the original. I love him, man. I know who he is, and I'm a big fan. Yeah, I think he's, he's great. Amazing. I love him. I love he's him. He's so awesome. And, um, and, and Adam how Levy, was Adam? What did Adam talk great. about? He was, he was great. Well, listen to him. <laughs> what, I'm, you expect me to fucking listen to you guys talking? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few episodes. Is there any way I can just single out Adam's part? Yeah, and yeah, get yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, you can just scrub it. You can tell by his voice. <laughs> he talks really soft, so it's obvious. Is there any software that would, like, delete you guys and just have Adam? <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. Well, 
No, what did he talk about though? Was he? Was uh, you'd he, have to watch the talk episode. about music. We're not going to bore these. They already know. Why don't you ask these people? Uh, guys, can you tell me? Uh, write me email, email Scott and tell what Adam but said. Let me just ask you: just, was it was it more about music education or more about gigs? It was more about life, really. Because right. man, he's gigged with a lot of people. I know yes. he's, he talked about that. We talked about life. Talked about living in New York. Talked about living out here. Mm-hmm. Talked about. Uh, Teaching versus playing. Talked about all sorts of stuff. What's his main gig now that he's doing? Well, he's got his own thing that he's doing, and uh, and of course he's teaching and he's got his new online thing. Uh-huh. Those were his main focuses right uh-huh. now, uh, but he's got some he's projects good. that he's doing. Yep, they're all really super creative, and you know he's got that you you know unique way of playing, that real cool, cool, understated, vibey uh-huh. way of playing. Yeah. And, I really just think the world of him, and I've known him, of course, for a very uh-huh. long time. Does um, is he teaching anywhere in town, or yes, he's still teaching at LAMC. He's just not the chair of the department anymore. Oh, now I thought he was completely gone no, from no, there, so he's, he's still there. Yeah, he's yeah. still there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean that school is so close to my house. I should do some kind of workshop there. Or well, they're owned by the same people, man. Yeah, I know. And, you can, and we it's can literally work like a mile from my house. Right. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to do something there. And hey. I'm, I'm I'm coming back to MI in a couple of months. I and when can I do the sub thing for you? It, or do you need not? Well, need but you're going to be out of town. Oh, but there was a time where there you was were a time need- where I thought I needed you, but then that semester's gone. I probably could use you this semester, but it sounds like you're going to be gone. Oh, so. okay. Well, but whatever. no, no, stick around. I will need. You know, I I'd look love forward to, have to doing it because your students play their asses yeah. off. Man. They're really. I got a great really crop good. this year. Great crop! Wow, even better than those guys I played with. Those, uh, well, those, well, those guys were great, but these guys, like, yeah, it's yeah. just good. Man, I mean, those two guys that I played with. What was? What were their names? The uh, two? Eli is still there. Now he's oh, two years better. Eli was a yeah, bad and then cat. there's a guy named Miles. He's gone, but there's oh, a, Miles was badass too. I know he's I mean, out really. working gigs. You know, I'm working sure gigs with is, stuff man. with him. I mean, um, he was incredible. But there's there's guys you know not like that, but different is mm-hmm. good. Wow, Miles, Lots of them. Miles kind of blew me away. We 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 played some rhythm changes, and man, he had some great lines over the turnaround, like yeah. more than I do, and it made me mad. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be teaching you, you kid. And oh he's man, playing all it's, these lines it's pretty. Were, it's pretty humbling to be with them. Man, those Eli guys today were, played uh, yeah. Nika's Dream in a performance workshop, and it was like. <laughs> Doesn't it make you mad? No, it, Damn, well, I mean, it's like every time he comes in, we play, we we do our hour, and I he leaves. I say thanks for the lesson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had guys like that. It's pretty scary. It's great. It's had, so it's so inspiring. Yet at the same time, like like I've been harping lately, you know, there's this the world's gotten. strange in the way it values things you know i mean it's like we're, everything's about playing great playing great mm-hmm. it's like we we have these 13 year olds and these 15 year olds that are playing more shit than or as much shit more vocabulary is that everybody yeah. has played and like that's become the world's best thing and you know right. wait a minute these kids haven't even gotten a boner they haven't paid a rent check yet what do they really have to say here other than playing good mm-hmm. i mean i know the old soul stuff but gag mm-hmm. me on that shit mm-hmm. you know what i mean music is about life in my mm-hmm. estimation mm-hmm. and like 
there's a lot of things to say. There's a lot of guys I know who don't have a lot of chops that are making brilliant music. You know, I mean, we need to get back to, I mean, playing good, that's what you do every day. You get up to play better. And, and it's, 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 it's as natural to us as breathing or eating or shitting, you know. That's just what we do. But with the music we make, that's another level of stuff. And we need to get, a, get over this playing good shit. And that what being does playing what good it's mean when you're saying playing uh, good? Just like chops and vocabulary. Chops and vocabulary, right. You know, I mean, it's like... No, I get it. I got yeah, tons I of it. chops and I got tons of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking... That's not what right. my music's about right. at all. And, you know, I mean, make people think, make people feel, make, you know, like, be imaginative. Take the music somewhere you've never been before and have people come along with you. You know, these kids who are great, it's all on lockdown. They've got to, like, perform like a, like a, monkey in a circus in order to get over and do their Dude, little I know concerts. exactly what you're saying. And, it's, and, mean, and as far as I'm concerned, I like jazz. And the jazz I fell in love with when I was a kid of course, I was lucky. You know, when we're talking the '70s, so mm-hmm. you know, I had Art Blakey and Herbie Hancock mm-hmm. and and Oscar Peterson and Bill Evans and George Benson at that time. Playing numerous nights in my hometown where I would just go to hear them and hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And what that was, nobody even knows. Today. Yeah, and it's not that anymore. And I'm sorry, yeah. when I play, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stay there. That's my yeah. world. And I don't care if everybody wants to just like, you know, go gaga over a, over a monkey riding a border collie. <laughs> you know, and they can have that shit. Well, you know, next thing they'll be in the midget you know, porno or something. But, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. There's a there's a depth of humanity that I'm looking for in guys who are honest and real and unpretentious. Yeah. And, you know, those are the people I want to hang out with when I eat meals. They're the people I want to hang out with in conversation. And they're the people I want to play with. I hear you. I mean, I, I got to say, I'm not... I can't... 
I mean, from a from my point of view, or for maybe from some people's point of view, that sounds like a black or white thing. You're you're, you're making it sound a little black and white. Like, are you it's talking racial? Or, uh, no, no, no. I mean, black oh. and white. You know, not racial. <laughs> okay. Black and white. <laughs> okay. I don't no, you know, like a black and white. It's either this or that. Oh and, no. And, yeah. And I think you know, there's middle grounds. Of there. course, there but, is. You know, I I but I have to say, there's one particular player. You might know who I'm talking about. I don't want to mention his name, but but I go online and I, I listen to his YouTube stuff, and the guy is just phenomenal. Like he he has like more vocabulary than I'll probably ever have in my whole life if I live to be like 190 years old. He's got that vocabulary now, and he probably has had it for the last 20 years. And it's and he's only and 18, and he's very young, <laughs> and he and and. And he plays it with a fluidity that it's like effortless. Just just like it's incredible. Like on a technical level, it's mind boggling to me because he seems to be, in my estimation, twenty times the guitar player I'll ever be when it comes to vocabulary and ease of playing and fluidity and everything. Yet I have to say, he says nothing to me i i hear nothing but i'm impressed but i don't like it i'm just impressed right and that, but that's the beauty and of music it's aesthetics you know what it's i mean aesthetics, but that, some that, people some people it's the great and i know who you're talking about yeah. and it's the greatest thing in the world to a lot of people it is and you know yeah. and it's and that's what the beauty of music is but yeah. you know as far as i'm concerned you know i just I like what I like. You know, I mean, come Me too. on. I like what I like. Honestly, I would rather hear Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's just, it's just me. I would rather hear that sincerity that Stevie Ray Vaughan plays with, or Jimi Hendrix, or or George Benson, or those guys that they have. But we're not talking some, about guys that can't you know. play the guitar. What's that? Those three guys you're talking about, like, are not guys that can't play the guitar. Those guys can play a lot of guitar. Yeah, yeah. You but I'm, I mean, just, I'm just talking. I'm just talking about vocabulary. Yeah, it's Th- just. These, I mean, I, George George Benson, as great as he is, he does not have half or even a fourth of the vocabulary this kid has. It's incredible. Like the vocabulary, just it seems like it expands in the universe and it just keeps going. But what's missing? And I'm going okay. I know there's something missing. I can't quite put my finger on it, but wait a minute. Now I'm listening for more, and now I can put my finger on it. He's not playing any motifs. He's not repeating himself ever. He's never playing melodies. He's never uh, uh, digging in and playing with... There's no blues. There's no dirt. There's no... All the things that I love about music are missing. Right. There's that's, no communication. Yeah, and that's just an aesthetic it's, it's, process, it's, you know. Yeah, it's it's sort of like look at what I can do. And that's what it's about. Sort right. of music I guess. In, in some cases, I mean, and I I can because I can watch it in the school kids and they're emulating the hot thing that's going on. You know, I mean that's you get a real good mirror of the life uh-huh. when you look at kids in school, especially my kids who are so highly developed. Yeah, your kids are And they're amazing. so are aware of what's in the, on the scene and they're, they want to be on the scene as opposed to a dinosaur like me who's kind of been put to pasture. Well, um, not a dinosaur. And uh, Well, dinosaur and pasture, that was already a mixed metaphor. <laughs> Maybe a cow. But if, yeah, <laughs> an old cow. 
an old bull, please. Um, no, but cows better. And, and so, You're a lesbian, remember? And so, yeah. And so, but it's weird. There's, there's like this vibe about it that it's almost like, you know how music was always the thing for the guys that couldn't do sports? <laughs> yeah. But now music is like sports. There's like the best one. It's like there's yeah. a gold medal guy and a silver medal guy, right. and like it's a it's a new level of competition. Sure, you know it's not like the guys that can't do sports. Yeah, they'll just compete at music. Mm-hmm. And it's like I know, dude. And, and, and I gotta what, tell you, what? Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. No, music is art. It's not a sport. And I got to tell you, if I put myself into that level, I would be lead. <laughs> well, you know, not yeah. Gold or silver, no, no, really. I would well, be I'm, lead I'm already or maybe, uh, and you know, and you know, and again, I got to be honest, like maybe I'm saying all this shit because I just know that I could even if I tried, I couldn't compete on that level. Uh, but then again, really, you know, at my age, I realize I got X amount of years to play the guitar left in me if I'm lucky. And it's like, I'm damn well not going to play shit I don't like the sound of. Right, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. work on that. I'm just refused to. Sure. If that's the deal, I'll get a paper route, you know, or, yeah, yeah. or whatever the equivalent is that is nowadays. <laughs> they don't have paper routes anymore. They probably have, uh, I'll drive Uber. You sell yeah. pins <laughs> to banks. Yeah. Phone sales. Yeah. Still going strong. No, right? no, Uber. Yeah, Uber. Yeah. Uber is the new paper. I used to route. sell aluminum siding over yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah. And I used to sell tickets to the fireman's uh, yeah. benefit and stuff yeah. like that. And the yeah. way you've come. Yeah. And look how far I've come. Man. Now, now you are the fire. We used to say, um, <laughs> oh, you're not interested in tickets? Well, we won't be interested when your house burns down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a selling point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Good night, All right, guys. Darling. See you. Ya. Thanks for listening to a bunch of old farts farting. <laughs> I don't think we were that negative. But then again. Yeah.